get to heaven, I want to know how come some people got talent like that and others don't. I was left out. And that's that's got to be a pleasure to be able to sit down and piano and and play beautiful music like that. It just got to be. And I I really enjoy hearing Ms. Harden play. I laughed at David last week. Uh, he was here. He was going to leave my music for us. And he called me and said, Sure, going to be there? I said, Yeah. Okay, then. And I said, Why? I said, Your mother's going to play the piano. Okay, then. <laughs> and Preacher Jack said to me about the same thing. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> But he's always talked about how fast you are, and he's trying to slow you down some. But anyhow, Lord's good. That was a good service this morning, wasn't it? Lord was here. We had a good crowd. Lord blessed. I appreciate everybody being here. Tonight, turn your Bible, if you would, please, to John chapter 7. Over the years, and especially in the last few months, there's been a lot of people that I've talked to who called me and and, uh, and by the way, if you call me on my phone and it shows up spam risk, I ain't answering. I I, I, have, I called it, uh, another again the other day. Uh, they called me and I picked up the phone. They said, uh, your two grandsons is in trouble and they need your papa to help them. You need to send them, uh, I think it was $2,500 right away and we got a lawyer to take care of them. I said, sir, I don't even have any grandsons. Beep! If you got a dime, there's somebody out there trying to get it. And, and so call me on my cell phone. Don't give me no of this here uh was it emails, a text? You just well be sending it to the wind to send me a text because I don't get them. I have, I can't figure out to save my life how to get them things off the phone. And I've had my grandkids, my daughter, and all them talk, show me how to do it. And, and at last, about to they get out the door, but uh, I just can't get the hang of it. So call me on the phone. But I do appreciate y'all praying for me and my wife this past week because. Both of us have been under the weather a little bit. Tonight, though, John chapter 7, I'm going to get into verse 14. Like I was saying, I've had so many people over months that's asked me questions about how do you know when you're making the right decisions in life and, and they ask me to help them make the right decisions in their life. And so tonight I want to show you something if I can, please. And if you write these uh, principles down that I'll give you in a little bit out of the Word of God, you'll always make the right decision. Uh, in John chapter 7, verse 14, Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or where I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keep it the law? Why do you go about to kill me? 
Father, we pray in Jesus' name tonight that you'll let the Holy Spirit lead us in your word that you teach us. We have to make decisions, and we have to make them every day of our life, and then we have to live with the decisions we make. And I pray, dear God, that you'll help us to make right decisions, decisions that will be pleasing to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Notice, if you would please, if any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. There's one thing that I have learned over the years in, in studying about this particular subject is that uh, life goes right on in one way or another. It either goes your way or it goes God's way in your life. Now, we're not to be eating and drinking and making merry for tomorrow we die. If we do that, the way leads to our destruction. God's way is the only way of peace. It's the only good way. Every other way leads only to delusion, frustration, and worthlessness. As a child of God, as a citizen of heaven, and that's what we are, as a voluntary servant of Jesus Christ, we all have one consuming need, and that is to know the will of God and to know the mind of Christ and to do it and to seek and to know or be anything less is to be a mockery of discipleship of Christ. <coughs> to be occupied with Christ keeps us from being occupied with the world. Let me read you something now in First John chapter 2, verse 15. And remember now, First John is written to Christians. Love not the world, neither things are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, it is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But... He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If to be occupied with Christ, to have Christ on your mind, to study the Bible and seek after His will all the time is to keep you from being occupied with the things of the world. Now, doing the will of God and being occupied with the world are poles apart. And the question is, can I know the will of God? Now, God promises... <coughs> in John 7 and verse 17 here if any man will do his will he shall know now I like that if any man do God's will he'll know it Christianity is practical and uh, we need to know that now let me give you just some things very simply and very quickly that are practical tests in finding it and doing the will of God. Number one, is it never right to do wrong? What I mean is, I, I, I got a book and I challenge people to read it, and that's Dr. Bob Jones Sr. Uh, sermon on never, it's never right to do wrong. And um, he made it simple, a little statement, an illustration, il illustrating what he was talking about. Uh, we want to build the greatest ministry in the world. We want to build a big church. Well, let's just go down here then and rob the bank 
and take the money and build a church. No, it's never right to never right to do wrong to do right. Now, this one simple fact will rule out a lot of things we are in question about. No matter how small or how large, if something about it is wrong, it cannot be of God's leading in it then. God is never the author of evil. It is never right to do wrong. Number two, no sacrifice should be stained with the blood of another. By this is meant God will never require of me some course of action which will run a work of his already going on. You cannot say it's my duty to do so if it costs the service of another child of God. That's the reason it. The Bible says, touch not mine anointing. Now, what he's talking about there is, I've seen people, and I've seen many a church split, and I've read, I've heard about a many a church split by somebody getting up and saying, I know that the preacher's preaching wrong, I know things are going on wrong, and I'm going to straighten it out, and I'm going to correct him, and I'm going to get up in church, and I'm going to uh, tell people what is right or wrong. No, you don't. That's God's business. It's, you don't uh, get up and do what you ought to do. I want you to listen very carefully. No sacrifice should be stained with the blood of another, which means God will never require me some course of action which will run a work of His already going on. If it's the work of the Lord, He'll take care of it. And you cannot say it's my duty to do so. I had a, a, a deacon in church years ago and it's before we first got saved. And she said, it's my duty just to tell everybody because I'm a deacon's wife uh, whether they're right or wrong. I said, no, it ain't. It's your duty to keep your mouth shut. And you're not to just tell it. Go say anything you want to say to somebody because you don't know what the God's will for their life is and what's going on in their life right now. And she said, well, you got to tell them the truth. I said, no, you don't. Uh, you just need to be quiet once in a while. And so it's never, get this, now this is a principle to live by. Never sacrifice, no sacrifice should be stained with the blood of another. Number three, God does not con- contradict himself. Never. If God says something, it stands. The voice of conscience will not contradict the Word of God or the Bible. Neither will it deny the voice of nature, which is God's handiwork. Homosexuality is wrong. When they, uh, it looks like there is a contradiction, we must look to the higher law, which is God's law, the Bible. And so we're living in a, in a, a day that is coming out in public. It used to be hid behind closed doors. And men were men and women were women. And they said, but I love them. you got to understand, I love them. It was like I told a uh, young lady or, or a lady years ago, she wanted to get married to an alcoholic man that I knew. And I said, you can't do it. It won't work out. And she said, but I love him, preacher, and I can change him. And I said, what are you going to do then when God says, be not unequal, be unequal here with an unbeliever? Don't do it. And they said, oh, but I'll change. No, you're going against God's law. 
God told you not to do something, you're going to do it butt-headed just because you love them. And what I'm trying to say here, God does not contradict himself. If God says something just because you love it and just because you think it's different, it doesn't make it right. God's will is definite and specific. The Lord guides us by His Spirit through the Word of God, the Bible. Isaiah 30, verse 21. And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk you in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. You know what that is simply saying? When you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Did you know I've, I've, I've experienced this, and I know you have. When you, as a child of God, you're trying to make the right decision, something tells you, don't do that or to do that. And you can, if you listen to the Word of God, He'll whisper in your ear, turn right or turn left to do what He's saying here. Now, Romans 8.26 is what it's talking about. Likewise, the Spirit also help our infirmities, for we know what we should not what we should pray for as we all, but the Spirit itself make it intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, if I pray for something, or I want to pray for something, or I desire to pray for something, for God to do something for me, and it's in direct opposite of what the Word of God spells out plain to me, then the Spirit of God will let me know, don't do that. You're not to pray for that. You're not to ask for that. Because Romans 8.26 says we have the Holy Spirit in us to guide us even in our prayers. Now notice something else. The will of God is always good. It's acceptable and perfect for the particular that particular person. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Some of my last verses. In part, the last part it says, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now that's the reason you don't always seek other people's opinion on God's will for you. Because what may be God's will for you on a matter might not be God's will for someone else. Now, I can sit down with somebody, and I could take the, as a pastor, I said, this is what I think. One of the greatest disappointments I had reading behind preachers is that a preacher wrote a big, thick book that I, I wanted so bad, and I got the thing, questioning answers in the Bible. And it, it, it would ask the Bible questions. And I was expecting him to expound upon those questions from the Word of God, and he would answer it by, this is what I think. And I thought to myself, I don't care what you think. That's not why I got this book. I wanted you to answer it from the Word of God. Tell me what God says on that subject. Amen? And so you can't go by what somebody else's opinion is. You've got to go by the Word of God, simply for this reason. What might be God's will for my life might not be God's will for your life. Somebody was talking to me just this week, and I won't mention any names or try not to, but uh, somebody called me this week and they said, Pastor, I, I am so glad that so-and-so, and when they died, I know they were saved. But uh, she just had to have a beer once in a while. And he said, what do you think about that? 
I said, it's not a matter what I think. It's a matter of what the Word of God says. I'm not a beer. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell me that a beer will take you to hell. There's not nowhere in the Bible that stop drinking the beer will kick you to heaven. There's only one thing that will take you to heaven, that's receiving Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if you, there's only one thing that will take you to hell, and that's rejecting Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. So if this person wants to have a beer at night or whatever, and they're not bothered about it. Now remember something, the Holy Spirit is given to us to convict us. Now, if we don't do that, then God will take care of that, all right? But that don't matter. Uh, beer ain't going to take you to hell. Well, I knew a lady, that, and she's a good Christian lady, but every night she couldn't sleep. She'd take a little sip of wine just to have a good night. And I said, well, I don't do that for this simple reason. One reason. If I never take the first drink, I won't ever be an alcoholic. Amen? Just stay away from it. And the Bible says stay away from the very appearance of evil. Now, that's for your good. But that don't have nothing to do with you being going to heaven or not. It has to, If you're going to heaven, it depends on if you accepted Christ as your Savior, period. Now, and so how do you make that decision? So God's will is definite and specific to you. And I've had people to tell me, I know God's will for you. No, you don't. I don't even know God's will for me sometimes. I have to seek God's face and ask Him to reveal to me His will. And what's, what's God's will for me might not be God's will for you. Amen? And I've had people, uh, I know that one man that I've respected greatly, we went over to eat at his house one time, and he said, well, do you want red wine or white wine with your spaghetti? He had a big spaghetti dinner for us. And I said, I don't drink. And uh, here he was, a, a good Christian man. Everybody thought he was the greatest Christian in town. And on his table he had wine. And the preacher, did that bother you? That's his conviction. Not mine. Amen. And I can, I can carry you through why he ought not to do it. But still... I can't convict him. God's got to do it. And that's where you got to understand something. You can't condemn people unless the Holy Spirit condemns them. Now, the will of God is always good and acceptable and perfect then for that particular person. Inner conviction, number six, that is given by the Spirit of God helps us know God's will. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. That is, the Holy Spirit will let us know that a certain thing is right to do or not. You never had that old bad feeling in the stomach that something is wrong with what you're doing. Uh, I was telling somebody this morning, I think it was Mrs. Brown, I was asking, did you, uh, I don't remember who it was, did you get me a, a Bucks ticket because they play on Monday night this coming weekend? I can go. I, it's not Sunday. I can go to the game. And uh, everywhere it was, said, no, I didn't get you no ticket. And uh, I think the cheapest ticket you can get to that game is $200, and that's up in the nosebleed section. And uh, they said, I ain't getting you no ticket to go to a ball game. I said, I got news for you. If you got me one, I wouldn't go for this simple reason. And preseason one year, I went to one of the Bucks game. man bought me a ticket. We went to the Bucks game. And the first thing 
a guy in back of me got up and with a beer in his hand and poured beer on me. And the next thing you know, there's another guy with a big old stogie cigar smoking, uh, puffing smoke in my face. And I looked over to him and I said, what in the world are we doing here? Look around at this mess. It's not a Christian atmosphere. This is not for a Christian. We're not being a mess like this. Amen. And so I got conviction about it. Now, I know a lot of good Christian people that go to the ball game. All right? Are we con- condemn them? How do you make the right decision for you? You ask the Holy Spirit to convict you. Now, listen to me. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit. Here's what I'm saying. If, you got, if, if you're saved tonight, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Now, He ain't going to leave you. He's going to be there, and He's there to convict you of righteousness and wrong. Both ways. He's going to convict you of sin and of righteousness. And so if you do something wrong, He said, don't do that. And He will convict you of it. If you do something right, He's there to congratulate you and to say to you, that's walk you in that way. Now, the Holy Spirit is given to us for that reason. And I thank God. I would be concerned if I could hurt somebody's feelings, if I could do something wrong and it didn't bother me at all, that would worry me. I'd be, I'd be concerned if I was even saved or not. Because I do know that if I say the least little thing and I hurt somebody's feelings, that bothers me. The Holy Spirit said, you ought not do that. You behave yourself. He's there for our conviction. Now, if He doesn't convict you of it, that's your problem, not mine. And you better listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, here's a, a formula for finding what God's will is and what He would have you to do. Number one, surrender your own will. Be absolutely neutral. Don't have your mind already made up and nothing can change it. In other words, when it comes to godly things, I'm in neutral when I go to the Word of God. Now, I know a lot of people that go to the Word of God to read the Word of God to prove that they're right. Not to hear from God, to hear Him say, yes, this is right. They go to the Word of God to prove their theory, their religion, their way is right. No, you go to the Word of God in neutral and you say, Lord, teach me thy way. And He'll do it every time. He'll teach you what is right. So surrender your own will, number one. Number two, seek the Holy Spirit's will through God's Word. I can't understand everything about the Bible. I can't understand everything that God wants me to do. And so I said, Holy Spirit, would you please guide me and lead me through thy Word? That's the reason I read the Word of God and I seek God's Spirit's guidance through God's Word. Then number three, take note or pay attention of what is going on around you or circumstances around you. And then number four, pray for guidance. And number five, wait on the Lord. Don't be in any hurry. I tell people this. I've been telling them ever since I've been saved because God convicted of me this of me a long time ago if I get mad if I lose my patience with somebody because of something they said to me or something that happened in my life 
and I fly off the handle and I get mad and I find out 24 hours later it wasn't half as bad as I thought it was. And you know what I learned? Wait on the Lord. Just be still. Just be still. Wait on the Lord. He'll take care of it. A very famous man once said, when the Word of God, the impulse of the Holy Spirit in my heart, and the outward circumstances are in harmony, then I am convinced that I am in accordance with the will of God. Here it is then. When the Word of God and the impulse of the Holy Spirit in you and outward circumstances around you are in harmony, then the Bible says that we can know the will of God for our life. When, they all, when all of these are working together around us, amen, then we can know what the will of God is for our life. And, I, and here's the whole point. I'd rather be in the will of God than to be out of the will of God on anything. I don't care what it is, because that's where the blessings of God is. When you're in the will of God, by the way, did you know there's a permissive will of God and there's a perfect will of God? You know what the permissive will of God? God will lead you and guide you if you listen to Him. But He will permit you to go beyond that, but you'll pay the price for it. You'll get a whipping from God. He will permit you. But there's a perfect will of God. And when you walk in the perfect will of God, there's nothing like it in all the world. You know that thus saith the Lord, I'm right with the Lord. I know the circumstances around me is pleasing to God. I know my heart's right with God. Lord, I want to do thy will. That's a blessed place to live in all the world. Then you're at peace. And everything can be going all around you, just going nuts and crazy around you, and you'll still have peace of mind. For you know you're right with God. Amen? That's where we need to live. Stand with me. Heavenly Father, it's a great pleasure to be in the house of the Lord to your people. And just to study thy word and want to know what is right and want to know what is wrong that we should do. And then the laid upon us to do it. And we ask you for the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Help us to study thy word and lead us and guide us in everything we do and say that we might be pleasing to you. And then you can use us. Bless us as your people tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Mm-hmm.